Hey everybody, welcome back to the podcast. It's me, your host, Big Mark. I'm here with my great buddy, Scott Mallon. But before, if you've never listened to the podcast, make sure you, you like it and hit the bell so you know when the next video comes out and all that good stuff. And if you want to, if you want to support us, go check out our Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash the Big Mark pod. Anyway, like I said, here's my brother, Scott Mallon. How are you, brother? Welcome. I'm good. Big Mark, thanks for having me on. Absolutely, man. Good to see you. It's nice to finally have someone here like in person. It's been months and months. We got Christian and Jack behind the, behind the mic. Yip, 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 yip. Yip, yip. But, uh, <laughs> um, Ooh, sound effects. Yeah, I love this. That was, that was added Add in it. post. Add yeah. Post. That's, it sounded like Boop. we just did that, but that was, that was added in post effect. <laughs> um, no, but anyway, like I was saying, it's, it's nice to finally have someone in the studio and we got some new lights set up and it's bright and shiny and hopefully we look good. Cannot see the lights behind us, so no, I know they can the be making faces. Are, at us. The lights are crisp. It helps though; it kind of like puts us in like feel. It's like angelic. Kind of feels like we're back at school. Angelic. Speaking of which, look at the podcast logo. Just shysty. <laughs> oh yeah, looks just like you. Yeah, yeah. Love my that. buddy, my buddy, friggin' uh, Scott Barker, another fellow Scott. Hate him. Uh, Scott, short for Scotland. <laughs> short for Scotland, right? Yeah. Hate um, <laughs> Never met him, but honestly, I don't like a single one of them I meet. <laughs> Any other Scott goes down. I feel the same way about Marks with C. I'm oh. sorry. I'm well, sorry to all the French people, people, but yeah. Uh, well, yeah, Mark. Dave, <laughs> one of the worst. One of the worst yeah, Marks has a harder arc. Mark. Mark. Yeah. Uh, one of the worst Marks of all time. Mark David Chapman. I'm pretty sure was a C. He was the guy who killed John Lennon. Oh shit! I'm pretty sure. I don't know, but <laughs> don't don't fact check me on that. But hey, starting it off on a nice light topic today. And here we are. Yeah. Well, he he also and that same guy killed John Lennon was found with uh, a copy of Catcher in the Rye on him. Did you know that? He was like reading Catcher in the Rye, and he was all about like, have you ever read Catcher in the Rye? We no. didn't. We didn't have to read that. <laughs> no, that I'm not. Mary's. I'm not cultured. I'm not. I'm not familiar with that. No, but we uh, didn't have to. We didn't have to read that in mm, English at St. Mary's, so I'm mm, not surprised. <laughs> I uh, I was once at a at a dinner with two English PhDs. Oh, no. that they were paying for, and they were talking about classical fiction with the other people at the table. And I said, "Has anyone read A Time to Kill by John Grisham? <laughs> <laughs> that is a classic." And uh, no one responded. Ooh. <laughs> I got hit with some hard nose. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, it's like. You know what? I mean, that's that's always tough when everyone always kind of feels, hey, you got to be like high class. And there's like certain literature that's like off limits. And it's like, hey, man, if you don't want to read John Grisham, you're the one that's missing out. Yeah, there's the the you. I think about this with bands a lot, too, is the uh, who are going to be the classics in like 20, 30 years. Right. Like right, like right now, like you think, like you have the Beatles, you have the Rolling Stones. Like sure. in 20, 30 years from now, right. who are the people that we are going to be going to their concert? And our kids are like, oh, these guys are older than death. Right. Why are, well, we, why are we checking them out? And then like you think about it, same thing with books. It's like right. everyone goes, oh, we only read like Tolstoy and Hemingway and all this crap that yeah. no one cares about. Sure. Like, what is, I think, is I think Stephen time, King going right. to be, like, up there with those guys in Maybe. 20, 30 years? It's interesting, yeah, like, even, like, you're, like, only few people made it out of, like, the classical era, too. Like, there had to be more, 
like there had to be so many composers like people that called themselves composers but we really only know mozart and beethoven and chopin like we know a good amount of them but like there's the no record. way we know all of the people yeah. that were contemporary at that time and it's really interesting i actually just watched this documentary called uh, what drives us it's dave grohl's new documentary and um i think it was i forget i think it was edge potentially from you too but anyway someone was saying it's weird like it seems like in like 1989 or like 1993 someone made a decision like all the rock bands that exist right now they're gonna exist forever and no one else is allowed to all join these that. rock bands in the next 15 years acdc no it's it's and it's all it's acdc it's uh the stones it's foo fighters i mean they're relatively new but they were around they started in like 95 and i'd say even foo fighters are like uh in that area of like had the nirvana right. living member of huge huge because oh without gosh, that yeah. i think that they're in the the group with like the 90s rock bands that came out that were like very out for a bit and then mm-hmm. done well that was like that post grunge era with like creed and like Not Nickelback, clear. right? Yeah, gave us that. Yeah, that, that was that post English that post crunch, right? <laughs> Which is that. and yeah, even like well, and that kind of came from like people trying to rip off Eddie Vedder, yeah. like because he had that kind of he had that aspect to his voice and there and Pearl Jam was like the biggest Pearl Jam was the big the biggest Pearl Jam grunge band took on I mean Ticketmaster after one. Kurt died I guess because Nirvana really was was number one at least well, yeah it's hard to say but and then you had they both you had Pearl there. Jam and like mm-hmm. Soundgarden kind of right. emerges the two to fill the void yeah that whole Seattle scene really everybody else yeah. died off <laughs> right Lane Staley from uh, Alice in Chains everyone just died or like you had like a you either had a dead person or like a one album and then right. no one cares what they do after that. Right. Like Gin Blossoms. Everyone's like, oh yeah, I know Hey Jealousy. Right. And you go, yeah, what's the other song? And they go, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> of course. <laughs> right, right. Uh, and then I don't think you, it really picks up again until like you start getting into like that second wave of like British rock coming over yes. and like Oasis and stuff like and that. Bush and yeah. like... Um, who else? Uh, what was uh, like Ver- the Verve? Yeah. Even though they made no money because they ripped Zero, off, they, they ripped off an Oasis song, the one their song, biggest song ever, no, Bittersweet Rolling, Symphony. Rolling Stones, wasn't it? Oh, it was the Stones? Yeah, I thought yeah. it was Oasis. Oh, yeah, it was a Stones song. They ripped off the melody, right. and then every single dollar they made in royalties, they didn't get to keep. That's yeah. Crazy. And that's that's and that's, that's the like beauty of the song. music industry, folks. Like, there's certain aspects of the music industry because music is hard to quantify there's certain aspects of the music industry like if you put enough notes together aka like use a sample or like rip off enough notes in a row that another band can be like i wrote that first you're done like as soon as another band can prove i wrote that first you're done led zeppelin just had to get money for stairway to heaven right literally the song that like everyone thinks that we think zeppelin stairway to heaven right and they got told this is too close to this other song that came out three years earlier. Right. Even though they're like, we had never heard yeah. of this band. Yeah. They are a no one. Yeah. But because that band had recorded it, it's like out there in the canon and yeah. you are toast. Because they can Do you prove know what that, that song's called? The song, I'm not sure. I'm, I'm sure if you look up like what like Led Zeppelin sued for Stairway, it, it, it took, would show. It was, in, it was in court for like 10 years at yeah. least. Oh, like, yeah. It was I remember, a long time. I they remember didn't being bring a the kid. suit. Right until yeah, like early two thousands, and then it just got suit. settled like 
five years ago or right. something like that. Like, it's a hell of a monster to, to try and go at Led Zeppelin. Like One of the greatest rock bands of all and time. And so much money in the estate that they could easily just crush you with lawyers. So Absolutely like, destroyed. They had to make sure that, that whatever happened happened. And, like, again, I, I've even heard that they're considering, like, having to extend the number of notes you can play in a row before it becomes copyright infringement because there's just finite amount of music. Well, yeah. Right? <laughs> like, look at, look what happened with, like, four chord songs. They're, yeah. like, literally half the songs on, on Top 40 Radio All are the Ed exact Sheeran. same. Ed Sheeran would not exist. Yeah. Uh, Dallas Green probably wouldn't exist. Most pop music, like, <laughs> right. does it. And it's, the reason is because your the human ear mm-hmm. likes a certain progression of chords. Right. That's it. Because it's all, like, music is essentially, like, mathematics. And we just like, like, symmetry and stuff. And yeah. the way those four chords that most of those songs use, it's, like, a very symmetrical... Like it has like a start to finish that's nice and there's a resolve. Yeah. It just makes sense to the human ear and it's been around forever. Yeah. The other classic example of that is uh Love on Top by Beyonce. Okay. So there's a YouTube video that explains how it works, but essentially right. she used math. Okay. And how the she human hundred percent or like, you know the beehive. Richard the Feynman. team. Right. The team. Yeah. The team Beyonce and the team. Cool. Went in and they, the way she changes keys on the last like two minutes of track, right. just going around doing the same loop over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. She's bouncing off all this stuff in mathematical order that your ear is going, oh, she just went up another one. But actually she didn't. She's just right. moving around in a wow. way that you're going, she's the most right. incredible person on earth. Right, right, right. See, and that's the, that's the funniest thing is that there's like these tricks and stuff. And there's like tricks to almost all things. Like, I mean, certain parts of visual art, you know, it obviously takes the uh, it takes the performer or sorry, the, the painter themselves, like their skill and everything. And they have to go some like that's like a very one on one transferable skill. Like you're just doing, you know, you're putting paint to, to, to canvas doing your thing. But Vermeer, right, you know, Johannes Vermeer. Very famous Dutch, one of the Dutch masters. I just watched this unbelievable documentary. Actually, shout out Cheeto Santino, uh, fellow ginger. Uh, he he uh, um, he was talking you. about that's it, of course. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, he he was talking about this wicked documentary called Tim's Vermeer, and this dude who was like kind of borderline genius. He like grew up doing like video editing and all kinds of stuff. Um, noticed that and there was this book written also called Vermeer's camera or something like that but anyway he realized that Vermeer was potentially it's not proven obviously that Vermeer was using some type of like photo aperture like lens to paint his pictures mm. or to paint his paintings like because you can look the original at some of his photorealism paintings. Uh, painting literally but it, it was, it was almost cheating. right it was almost <laughs> like he was the photo fo- it was a photograph really yeah. and and the painter was the was like what's going on in this camera right now that right now lights going through that lens refracting through the lens and it's going on this is mirrorless camera so it's going on to a sensor and then the sensor is picking up all that information usually there's like a mirror in there and then that reflects it back on the film and film is you know there's chemicals on the film that um, will change depending on the light exposure so basically what so what you know a camera obscura is have you ever heard of that it's like back from like high school science like grade nine mr uh i love your faith in me who is it 
who was uh his son was like i think in your grade what was the grade like one Mr. of the science teachers hanta i, I was going to say fan i wanted to say fanta Mr. so fanta. bad yeah <laughs> hanta brilliant guy anyway it's like back in those days so camera obscura essentially is like any dark like a box could be the size of a room could be the size of a shoebox that has like a pinhole in it. Pinhole protector. Pinhole camera. Yeah. So I watched the eclipse. Yes, exactly. So that's called a camera obscura. And basically, this was like found out in like ancient Greece kind of thing uh, back in the day that if you have an image outside this dark area, um, the image is transferred through that pinhole onto the other side of the box upside down and backwards. Yeah. Right? So you can see this image. So basically some art historians and this guy basically looked at it and said this is probably how Vermeer actually painted these rooms because some of the paintings you can look at like they have elements that you could only see through a lens yeah so one of the things like one thing's in the foreground some or well so they're mirrored which you don't see with your eye but actually so it wasn't just the because the problem is um, when you just project it on the wall and you try and paint it, you can like outline it and get the outline, but the problem is you can't get the color. Mm. Because like, you know, when you like go up to a projector and like, if you were <clears throat> like, let's say you had like a, like the color blue up there, the only thing that's gonna match that color perfectly, like when you're looking at it with your eyes is gonna be a, a white color, yeah. right? Because then it's projecting onto it. Yeah. Uh, if you use a color blue that's even really close that even matches that color perfectly as soon as you put it on there like imagine it's wet paint it's gonna look too dark mm. so the the like this Tim guy and the art historians were like how did he actually get the color perfect because he was looking at this Tim guy was looking at these pictures like this is looks like a picture to me because he's this he's this opti like optics guy yeah and one of uh, Vermeer's first paintings called the woman with the red hat um, there's like a chair in the foreground. Also an episode of Friends. No way. Yeah. The one with the one with the red hat? The one with the red hat. No way. <laughs> it's the same. It's basically the same thing. Same level of art. Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, 2003 NBC sitcom, Dutch Master. Right? Same thing. You can put, they're both in the Rijksmuseum. Tomato, tomato. <laughs> anyway, um, there's like a chair in the in the foreground of this picture and one of the tops of the chair it's like a carved lion head one of the lion heads is like fuzzy like as if it's out of focus oh. and what paint like your eyes automatically focus to whatever you're looking at why would all the rest of the painting be in focus right and then there's another painting where there was like an outline on on the subject that would only happen with like a bad lens the the guy was saying and then another thing was abs like your your the human eye can't see absolute um what is it contrast yeah so this is the woman so see that see that little brown like blob right in the very front yeah. see how look in the back one's crisp and then that front one's like fuzzy yeah like it looks like it's out of focus yeah so basically what they think vermeer did is he so he used this camera obscura thing so he had a lens that was capturing the light and it was focusing in onto the thing backwards and but then he would actually focus the light instead of on the wall he would focus it on a concave mirror like a shaving mirror ah. and that would correct the flip so it would it would it would flip the flip, flip the flip just like in our eye flip and then floppity. and then what he would do is he had a small mirror and he would look at that so imagine well, the, the round mirror and then and then he'd look at it and he could compare the light 
and the color on this small mirror to the canvas that was underneath. Okay. So he would go back and forth and he would mix the paint until it was the perfect color and then he would move on to the next thing. So it was like it was like you were a machine. So it was subjective. Anyone could have done that, but Vermeer was the one because his dad was an art dealer. And they have actually, so this is his first one. They think this is a test run because if you x-ray this this painting, there's another painting underneath. Oh, really? So we just did it over top of another painting to see if it would work, and it's in museums. I feel like that makes a lot more sense, and that's hmm. why this guy's a master. And this is also why I am not an art historian, because <laughs> I would have looked at and be like, the guy like was just bad in the front and right. good at the back and like mailed and, it and in looking up front. the rest of it's beautiful and the color and the light like because I always said Vermeer painted with light that was what they used to say look up look up a couple other like just look at Vermeer's paintings because um, again like you would look at this and be like how did like for for centuries really up until a couple years ago his documentary came out in 2013 no one had any idea how these guys did this. It was a guarded secret. No one, they didn't, they didn't give out like, hey, so yeah, you, I just do this with a weird you do lens. that dog one with the hat on? The dog is that hat? A, is that a Vermeer one? That might be a fucking Vermeer. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, but yeah, see, like, look at the way that's painted. Like, that's like the light and everything is un, unreal. And like every single one of his paintings is like the exact same size. Like they're all the same size, which means like that's how big the image would have been projected from his device. I am always amazed by one, like art and when it's when it's huge and like Renaissance art specifically, like right. that level of realism probably took the guy like three months working twelve hour days mm -hmm. painting the same picture of mm -hmm. five women washing their feet. Yeah, seriously. Well, and like, he's going. I don't know if there's a market for this. <laughs> I hope someone buys this. I went to, I was in New but look, York that City. That looks like an image. That looks, looks like a weird, picture. Bro. Right? Yeah. But that is a painting. Like I was in New York City Oil a few painting. years ago and I went to the Met and I was in there cool. for like six hours yeah. walking around. I love the Met. Super great. Very overwhelming. Sure. I stood by an art tour because I was not paying oh, cool. for one because nice. I did the pay what you can't because I was broke. Hey, when in Rome. Still am. <laughs> Classic. <laughs> Uh, Give us a million dollars. So they're like, hey, it's $45 to enter, or you Support can stand the in that line, and it's uh, pay what you can. And I'm like, pay what you can, like anything you want. And I got like, some buttons suggest, in my pocket. Suggested fee. I got a I bag of un uncooked popcorn. Slap down 10 bucks, because who brings cash anywhere? I was in New York City staying at my sure. buddy's place. So sure, I, sure. I had $50 cash for the week. Slap down a 10. I right. go good said have a good day hey go inside walk around for six hours stand near an art tour for five minutes go that was too much really they stood at one painting for so long talking about it somebody just started crying and i was like <laughs> wow i just don't i don't understand anything to that level yeah uh i can appreciate it sure i can go like i i cannot do that right i have right. no i cannot do that with a camera right right you can <laughs> I appreciate the majesty, but I've never, I've never understood. And I've also been like kind of jealous of the people who can stand and look at a single painting for half an hour. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's how we add depth. They, they say, right. Yeah. The depth is there. Why like the light. Like like the cloak, like right. I just don't know how someone can picture in their head how light would hit a 2D image. Right. Right. 
Like, See, and, this and whole this thing is, is that's 2D. And this is potentially with technology. Psychics. He's potentially, yeah. <laughs> he's potentially using a technology here, like with these, with this lens and mirror, uh, mirror thing. <laughs> technology is literally that's a mirror, really and only like, that's really only one man. Well, that's the other thing. It's <laughs> yeah. like in in what way, like, and the, and they even said like back in the day. Um, when Vermeer was painting the like Italians were the ones that were kind of like setting the standard for what was what was popular with art you know the Vatican was doing still doing all these um, all these like commissions for for religious stuff right like this is beautiful look at the Crazy. look at the detail in the back painting that back painting <laughs> is nicer <laughs> than it's nicer than some of the other paintings people are doing. And people were probably so pissed at him at right. the time. They're like, oh, another Vermeer drop today. And they're like, well, <laughs> let's go look at it. Huge flex. Two other painters walk in and they go, the guy paint put my painting in the back. Like, see, see how That's probably not even his. That's somebody else's. And that guy walked to the gallery that day and went, oh, you fucker. Damn you did it. it again. It looks better than mine. Yeah. Ooh, yeah right. All the boys turn. Ooh. Oh. Got you, Gaston. <laughs> Like, you know, that one meme where it's just like everyone's like losing and the one kid's just like sitting in the middle with the hoodie. Yeah. He's just like, what up? Yeah. That's super hot fire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Glasses, um, jacket, shirt. Call me glasses. But see how sugar. the light like falls off from the window where the, it's dark. Yeah. And it becomes light. Your your human eye can't actually perceive that. Like if you were looking at that wall, you wouldn't see like if. In as, real as, time, you could not see that. You could only see that in a photo, in a still photograph. If you were if you were studying the area close enough to paint it, you wouldn't notice it. No, your human eye just doesn't like when you focus on something. The your human eye, it, it it's you're not able to tell contrast. So like, let's say we had two squares. One was like light gray, and the other one was like a little bit lighter. When they're both beside each other, you can tell the difference. Light gray no and lighter light gray. Light gray and then like smoky gray. <laughs> anyway, and then as soon as they're apart from each other, they look the same color. Our brain is just not good at once things are like far away. We can't tell that this side is much lighter, let alone like by <laughs> by infinite degree <laughs> that Vermeer's doing. And again, but, but barring the technology, aka a friggin' <laughs> mirror and a lens, like yeah, I, I can't like... You know, Real Jack. Jack is Jack is a, a visual artist. He's painting, but like, um, I I'm right there with you as far as like I've never really done any visual art. Like any art that I've no. done is music oh, and like no. a little bit of like maybe I've built something, but it wasn't like a, a sculpture or no. statue. Yeah, I just had uh, we just. Uh it's my friend's birthday. We just uh, shout out to my friend Sam. Just turned twenty seven today. Shout out. She. Uh, we just got her some some uh, vases from my friend from school who cool. is a who is a free sculptor. Oh. So she does pottery free sculpting, not like spinning Patrick Swayze style. <laughs> like she's building vases by doing a little bit at a time and then firing Whoa. um at ad hoc collective on Instagram. Oh cool. Really cool stuff. Uh, and we just got it we just got she dropped them off yesterday and I'm just like you made this with your hands <laughs> without any like mold. Like you're just throwing clay. Right. And she's right. like, yeah. And I like just like whipped these up quick. And I was like, man. She like did her fine art. She did undergrad and fine art at Mac in sculpting. Right. So like that's literally her side hustle. Wow. Like teacher and then does that on the side for fun. It's just that's like, amazing. Blows my mind. Wow. University level visual arts is seems insane. Do you know Kareem Ferreira from Mac yeah, playing yeah. football? Yeah. LeBron James has his painting in his living room. 
What? what? Last week, LeBron wow, posts man, a photo. Every day I hear something new about Cream Shadow Cream, and he just keeps blowing me away. I was I was shook. So I was <laughs> I was just chilling. Sure. Um, and I had seen a few people that I know from basketball okay. posting, um, being like, "Shout out Cream! Like this is amazing!" Right. So I look at it. LeBron James posts on his Insta with his whole family. He has like a fourteen foot painting in his dining room. And it's one of Kareem's. Holy shit. And That's it's like, amazing. it's of, it's of like a black family in a kitchen making a meal together. Wow. And LeBron's like, yeah, man, that's that art. So then Kareem, like, I just know him from like, I went to Mac. Uh, I have like friends of mutual friends. And like, he was a bouncer at 1280. We'd see him all the right. time. Like, you know, just you meet people from being around campus. Sure. Um, and I was just like, absolutely blown away like that's, that's it that's cream yeah holy shit it's like norman rockwell yeah that's uh cream's painting and i saw it i oh, saw ha- i I'm sorry i thought the whole thing my bad <laughs> i'm tripping my trigger no but it still has that norman rockwell feel but still wow that's so yeah cool. no the uh, glass mirrors in front are not a yeah i was like bro like the, the light fucking bubbles the light. like that's his that's his thing no, he just the, puts uh, in, like psychedelic mirror fucking balls yeah that was uh um, badass that was cream like guy crazy from started off like just did his fine art at mac played football there um and then saw a few right. guys posting about it saw this i was like man guys blown up and then like got a bunch of it's just art it's just art of lebron james <laughs> bunch of interviews about it and it's just like yeah like that's crazy and guys like super nice guy he's been yeah he's been hustling like the the art crawl scene for years and years very cool oh my gosh i'm and surprised then, i haven't run and into then him. boom one day lebron throws your painting up on his in dining room his, wall yeah, right? and then post it on his Insta with like 20 million followers. Oh my gosh. That's so cool. Casual, right? Wow. Look up uh, Wayne White, um, Christian there. Wayne White art. <laughs> it's hard to say. <laughs> so totally this, different vibe. Well, it's funny because this it reminded me of with the balls. I thought this is what happened. So he takes existing paintings and then like paints these words on top of them. So like this was an existing like landscape painting, yeah. and he put those that obviously. So did he Mr. like Wonderful. buy a painting from like a thrift, thrift store? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And like That's some of them really are cool. some of them are funny. Um, but anyway, this guy used to work on the Pee Wee Herman set. He used to build the Pee Wee Herman set, oh, like no. designed it, which is trouble. But <laughs> Pee Wee's had a bad run <laughs> back in the day. Yeah, he just made the set. People, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> look uh, at that yeah. one, sugar tit. Yep. <laughs> Some of them are cool. Um, I just grabbed a. I just bought my first like big boy art. Ooh, nice! That I spent more than twenty dollars on a print. <laughs> nice, not just a poster at the poster sale. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like you know, I bought it like a few small things, like right. like fifty bucks, like tops on art. Sure. I was like, it's going to my walls. I don't need to spend money on it. Right. But I uh, treated myself to an Aaron Rothstein um, print. So okay. she is an artist out of Toronto. Check her out. Who is. Uh, She's a photorealist painter. So like her stuff is all painted by hand and looks like a photo. Right. It is like mind blowing (laughs) watching, watching her paint. Um, She does like a ton of behind the scenes stuff on like how she does it too. Very cool. And it's just like tiniest little details. She goes in and like hours. Mm. I guess. like And it's so so nice. And I, I got it and I was like, am I going to be like happy spending like $400 on some art? And then it came, and I was like, "Ooh, I should send her a tip." 
<laughs> That's amazing. I mean, having Jack here, I'm sure if you, you've kind of experienced the other end of that too, right? Where, mm-hmm. you know, it's yeah, amazing. I mean, sometimes it can be quick and sometimes it can be like 12 hours on the table. Right. It varies depending on who right. you're running it for and what you're looking for. And so, yeah, uh, sorry, you don't have your microphone, but um, <laughs> yeah. usually it takes Everybody loves insane. that dead air. Everyone, That's so sorry, good. everybody. Yeah. No, you could cut if, if you could barely hear that, but um, cranky music. And I'll, turn, I'll turn it up. In post, <laughs> we'll, we'll get that in post. Yeah, yeah. But uh, basically, Jack was saying like sometimes it can take up to twelve hours or or, or quicker, depending on the painting. But I guess you're just like kind of like layering and and adding on to right, which is super cool. Like um, that's kind of um, you know again the the way that all the most of these Dutch masters were like trained was like to do that. You kind of start with a sketch and you build on it, and like there's all these rules. And and that's like classically trained artists, right? And it's yeah. funny how, you know, with most art, like you have classically trained, like university level, like you actually went, like whether it's music, whether it's whatever, you actually went to school for it. And then there's so many people that have just taught themselves. The homegrown, yeah. Right, which is which is super interesting. I mean, uh, apart I from art, you, we don't really trust anyone yeah, else. Yeah, I, th- I feel like you do homegrown, like comes in the music right because it's it's accepted you can make sure. a garage band you can teach yourself how to play an instrument blah blah, blah. right uh like i i don't think uh a lot of the other art forms like necessarily respect the yeah, yeah i'm like self-taught like if you're mm-hmm. like an actor or an artist and everyone's like oh you don't have a formal education like ooh, you don't sure. have, you don't know the history well why do sure. i need to know the history right like this is like art is subjective totally so why do you need to know what other people have done to mm-hmm. make your you, what you're making valuable, right? Yeah, like you, you, you probably don't want like a home, homegrown like orthopedist, or like, <laughs> but like that's yeah, the thing yeah. I taught like, myself a brain surgeon. Let's crack her open. Right? Here Whoa. we go. So where's your like credentials, doctor? It's like oh, I'm not a doctor. School of hard knocks. <laughs> I taught myself. Um, but yeah, I think that's but I, that's kind of the interesting thing with art is that at a like certain levels of art like there are just some people out there that kind of decide whether it's good or not right like some there's someone somewhere in in a museum or on some type of panel that is like this is good and this isn't i i think it's happening a lot like that whole idea of like who decides is really coming to the forefront especially in like uh movies and tv right um like everyone's starting to go why is a movie that everyone fell asleep in winning awards? Sure. Why can't, why cannot just like a movie that was entertaining and well acted and well written win an award? Like, I'm not saying that like Avengers is this like groundbreaking film. Right. It's not, it wasn't particularly well acted or well written. Right. But it's really entertaining. It should, like, why can't it at least get a nomination? It's one of the most Mm -hmm. successful movies ever. Right. When it, when a, like the the example that I was used is like the the Dark Knight was like kind of that first superhero movie or like an action movie to say take me seriously, yeah. Like incredibly well acted, totally well written, well totally. directed. Yeah, few potholes. All cinematography is tremendous. Yeah, right. Uh, and now of since course. then, it's everyone's comics, like, though, there's always loopholes. Yeah, and then yeah. everyone just goes, oh well, it's Batman. I can't win anything. Silliness. And then they like. Like, I've watched The Phantom Thread. Daniel Day-Lewis was great in it. That movie sucks. <laughs> I would never watch it again. Right, right, right. Yeah. Like, I just I just watched Minari from this year. Okay. It was good. I will never watch it twice. 
Yeah. You know, See, like, and that's the thing. And why, why are we, but it's like, in that case, it's the Academy, but right, see, you right. can see it on Rotten Tomatoes. Right. Rotten, uh, critic score, 42, right. audience score, 85. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because it's sick. Right. I want to see stuff blow up and people get shot. Right, 100%. Like, I watched a Netflix, like, made for TV, made for Netflix movie with Kate Beckinsale. Nice. And a bunch of, everyone's invincible, and they just nice. kill a bunch of people and sick. Cool. Critic score, like, 40. Audience right. score, 100. Right. Well, Killed I think it. that comes from this weird, like, they're trying to maintain this academy. The authority. <laughs> right. They need yes. to tell you what the good movies are. Right. And and I think I, I might have mentioned this before, but um, Eddie Vedder, this is for the Grammys, but Eddie Vedder and, and Pearl Jam are receiving a Grammy, I'm pretty sure, for album of the year. And he was like, I don't know what this means. I don't know if this means anything. Like, in his exception in his acceptance speech like to everyone yeah and he was just basically calling to attention this whole thing where we're we're giving an award for art we're giving an award for something that's subjective to some people is the most entertaining thing most enjoyable thing and and yet these these critics that saying no this isn't good yeah right and then there's and then on top of that you add in all the other complexities of these are all old white dudes voting for everything and right. they like a certain type of music and they like right. a certain type of movie. Right. Like there's a reason Macklemore and Ryan Lewis and the heist beat Kendrick Lamar mm, <laughs> for album for rap album of the year. Not even album, just rap album of the year. And you're right. like Macklemore. Really? Who? Oh, okay. Yeah. Take a I'm swing still holding on to that pretty tight. Yeah. There was one a few years. That was like this 2010. Was, this was even before that. Almir went to like Robert Plant and a bluegrass woman. Right. Like Alison like, Krauss. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, everyone went, I've literally never heard of this album. No one had ever heard a single song. Sure. And every other album, bangers start to finish. Right, right. right. Not a single bad track. And then people are like, who? But it's got to be Robert Who Plant. just won album of the year? Yeah. See, and again, and that's then people even saying, "Who, who the hell's Robert Plant?" Well, you especially go, nowadays. Well, after I googled, it's a guy from Led Zeppelin, and the people go, "Who?" Right. You go, oh, "Aren't boy. those the guys that got sued?" And then you watch School of Rock, <laughs> you figure it all out, and then <laughs> that's all you need you to do. do, people. Yeah. I mean, again, that's the thing is that you have these academies and these weird schools of 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 people that, um, I mean, again. <laughs> I've, I've experienced it as a musician, like people who are trained at any level, if they're trained, like, um, musicians period, like at, at, if, even if it's at some elite level, whatever college university, they've been trained as a musician. They always look down at musicians that kind of just taught themselves how to do their thing. For sure. And it's like, I mean, you can look at, like, look at sports. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Some coach at one point taught you how to like shoot a jump shot, but then you took it from there. We were probably taught how to shoot a jump shot wrong. And we kept, we kept getting taught how to shoot a jump shot. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why. <laughs> but it's and like, then all of a sudden someone said, don't shoot your shot ever again. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, that's bad. Just layups. Um, just three feet from the rim. It's no just, more. Like it's one of those things. It's like you get told uh, like your jump shot looks weird. So instead of like, I've known a lot of people whose jump shots are weird, mm-hmm. but they go in. Yeah. Sean Marion. If it's going in. Lonzo Ball. If it's yeah. going in a lot, Taylor Dohanic. Hey. 
Hey, guy, national champion. Guy bangs threes. National champion. He's like 6'9", and he shoots from behind his head like this. He does. And then 40% of them go in. Who cares? Right, exactly. You can't hit a layout. Yeah. That's fine. <laughs> I mean, maybe because I guess sports is objective, right? Like the ball went in or it didn't go in the basket. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I'd say that's even like that part is that's the issue is if it's going in, why right. if, if a guy has an ugly shot and he right. doesn't hit anything, right. fix the shot. Sure. But that's what I'm saying. I think. But if the guy's hitting them. Right. But I like, think that's sports is that yeah. it's objective, I guess, at a certain point where, you know what? It's ugly, but he gets the job done. Yeah. We, so like I coach at right. St. Mary's. Shout out. Uh, Shout out our alma mater for anyone who's listening doesn't know. We, we played basketball together at St. Mary's in Hamilton. Shout out. And now, now Malin is the head coach of the senior team. It's been a journey. Woo! It's a, it's a, it's all around. We started full circle. Started off coaching, helping out our old coaches Tom and Sean when they were coaching junior Sweet. in G's last year. No way. Uh, saw saw Tom while I was pushing buggies at a Costco parking lot my first year of university on a Sunday, hungover as all hell. <laughs> and I was just like, Tom, shout what's out Costco. Up? He's like, oh, you know, just <laughs> shadow Costco and Caster. Was the five one seven now the ten oh five or no eleven oh five? Sorry, hey, hey. ooh my bad. Wow, uh, a lot of great people there. Uh, but then, <laughs> so he just goes, yeah, we're uh, Sean and I are coaching. Like, if you ever want to pop by, I'm like, cool. well, I'm at Mac. I live right around the corner. Is it cool if I pop by and like get yeah. in a run with you guys? Started going. Uh, got a text like three months after that saying, any chance you want to coach the midget team in the fall? And I was like, ooh. Yeah, I do not have the time, but yes. <laughs> so I did that, and then coached uh, the junior team for a year after that by nice. myself, like all solo, no teachers' reps, because like why would it, why would a teacher give back to the school where they nah. work the accent? They know you. You're done at two thirty eight. <laughs> why would you stay for a minute longer? You were um, there for all four years. So then uh, later on, my brother who played with us uh, and our buddy from Westdale, Christian Zalewski, if you're if you're familiar oh, yeah. with them, played yeah. at Laurier for a couple years. Yeah. Uh, good friend of ours. So he started we coaching with us. played men's league together. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and we coached the junior team for three years. And then we just got the senior team the last year before COVID. Um, right. But uh, high school basketball is like a weird place now because like Hamilton, high school basketball in general in, in Ontario was in, insanely competitive. Yeah. The hoopla. Like you would. Oh, I've been in many fights on the hoopla.ca uh, back the hoopla, in the day. I think me and Zach Angus might have mentioned this on a previous podcast, but the hoopla was like a chat board, chat room. Pre, pre, pre chat boards. Pre Twitter. There's no Reddit. There's no Twitter. Right. Nothing. Like it was literally just a site with boxes and you would like look for threads it was essentially like reddit school, before like reddit 19 existed. under 16 under yeah like, and one was yeah. the biggest hoopla blow up was when the nita program folded oh geez true and two of the girls who lived in hamilton stayed and played for mac oh yes they'd right. been going to saint mary's I forgot about this they'd been going to saint mary's for three years so nita i don't know if i've mentioned this national I told you this. elite development academy it was like Canada trying to they got sponsorship money for Nike so they yep. wanted to make like a junior team almost and it was like all the best well only women first it they started with the first. girls program it was like all the best girls from all over Canada that wanted to join would come live in Hamilton in Hamilton and when it first started they could go to St. Mary's or Westdale that was it. or Vanier right 
If they're French. If they're yeah, French, because there are some people from Quebec, so we gave them the option of the French school. Anyway, that was the first couple of years. Mark. Right, That's yeah. Mark, all man. the Marks went there for yeah. sure. Anyway, <laughs> and eventually it became everyone went to St. Mary's. So all these kids, like when we were there, all these kids, like the best high school players in Canada were at our high school. And most, Men's of, them were, and women. most of them started to in grade nine. So like when right. they came right. to our school, they that was the only high school they'd ever been to. Yeah. So then Nita folded because they had no money and didn't do anything. So brute. Um, like it was a good idea. Almost just all like, these kids went to NCAA, or, or most of them went to uh, second or um, like post secondary. A lot of them went to NCAA. Bunch went all pro. over Canada. Two of them pro. Two of them pro. Yeah. Um, Kelly Olnick. Kelly Olnick plays for currently the Rockets. Yep. Was on the Miami Heat finals team last year. Yeah. And uh, Natalie Chanwa just got uh, traded or just did get traded. Signed with the uh, Minnesota Lynx. Yeah. In the uh, WNBA. WNBA. Mm-hmm. And she went to Notre Dame. Yeah, four years at Notre Dame. Unreal. Um, anyway. Yeah, so, they, Nita, so like it folded and they were told, you have to go back to your hometown. Where you came from. And they're like, I don't, I don't have any friends there. Like, I don't know anyone. I want to stay here. Yeah. They had secured living arrangements because all their billets were like, we would love to keep you for another And they year. weren't from far away either, right? No, Nat was just from Guelph, but it's just like a sense of... All my friends here, my entire life is in Hamilton. Sure. Like, yes, I miss my parents, but they live 40 minutes away. Mm-hmm. And why would I go back to a school where I don't know anyone? So <laughs> they ended up staying and they played. And every game, people would be like, you guys cheated and brought in these like pros. You recruited them. It's like, no, mm-hmm. no. You just got to unplug it and plug it back in. We that didn't, one's trippy. We didn't recruit them. They just right. wanted to stay at the school they're already at and not go away for their last year of high school. But now the issue is literally prep schools have right. taken Hot. all the uh, like all the talent. If anyone is a decent basketball player, prep school on them. Right. Um, so like the quality is a lot lower. It's still competitive because like now that we don't have the Zach Angusis, it's just me and you playing now. Right. So me and you are now starters. Hello. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> the games are in the 40s. Right. But they're entertaining. Um, so, yeah. So it's basically kids that just like aren't all that serious in the sport still playing. They like, just don't. They're the ones that are like, I'm not going to the NBA. I'm not. I'm not going to go. I'm not going to even go play university. Right. Like, I don't need to. Right. right? I'm here because I, I enjoy basketball and I'm a good player. Like, our team was good. Right. Um, like, we skirmished with them and, like, we worked hard and they beat us sometimes. <laughs> right. We're no God's gift to basketball, but it's like we're a bunch of 30-year-old men getting beat by high school kids. Um, right. So it's just, like, this weird dynamic, too, of, like, even the guys, um, like, you had talked about it with Zach last week. Like, the idea behind coaching has right. changed so much. Um, like we kind of were probably the last group of where you can tell every kid they suck and they're a pussy and they're soft. And right. like, that's, and we're not going to like call yeah. home and like, yeah. well, funny enough, like <laughs> near the end of our career, there was a little, little bit of an incident with someone telling their parent what happened. Something happened. Cause you never told, don't tell your parents don't what goes you. on at practice. Never. Don't because don't tell it's, your parents it's anything. At, at in high school, concert. don't talk to your parents. Like they're gonna come to the game and hear it, so you can't hide it there. But but if they're not <laughs> if they're not there, don't tell them because out of context, it always is gonna sound bad. And no matter what happened, really out of context, like again, like truthfully, you know, our coach called us stuff that I'm not really you know comfortable repeating. 
But it I wasn't would, like, yeah, oh like, my god, like I'm devastated. Small. No, it was like I understand what he's saying. It was small, Mark. Right. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's right. He said, "Hey, tiny boy." Yeah. Uh, Damn it. <laughs> uh, but it was just like the, like I've even noticed it um, with with Jamie. Like mm-hmm. he's mellowed right out. Right. Right. That fiery like thirty year old that coached us mm-hmm. is not the guy that coaches at Redeemer. Right. Right. It's not even that's the guy. Exactly that, I too. don't even think he's the guy that finished coaching at Mary's. Right. He, it was actually really cool. We uh, we went to Chancellor well, two years ago now. It was cool. February 2020. Nice. RIP that time. That was nice. Hey. Um, and we went to the Chancellor and St. Mary's won for the first time since Girolamento played. No way. Our guy won MVP. Last St. Mary's name on the trophy was Girolamento. He was shit. our teacher rep for the weekend. So cool. it was really cool for oh, like, that's nice. for especially Andrew and I, like our old coach who taught right. us a lot of what we know about basketball. Right. Was on the bench with us. And like, we would be like anything to add. He's like, I would not do anything different. And that's coming from a guy who not only like was our coach, but now has also gone to coach and like learned yeah. that he trusts the decisions like we're making and he's like you guys have understood this game right i'm right. not gonna add anything to this and it was like a cool moment that's awesome um and then it was really cool for the kids on our team to be like first of all we won this tournament for the first time in 30 years unreal <laughs> uh and then two like for the guy who won mvp uh he's like the last name is literally the coach here wow. who's a teacher at our school and he's like they took a picture together with the trophy uh, like it's cool, cool. Uh, and then we uh, blew an eight-point lead with a minute left uh, in the last game to qualify for Rossa. Yay. So, you know, <laughs> regular St. Mary's stuff. Ups and downs. Ups and regular St. Mary's stuff. Uh, uh, and then we all said, see you guys next year. Yeah. I haven't seen them yet. Same. <laughs> oh, no. Because there's been no season. Right, right. Uh, but, yeah, like high school basketball is just, like, totally different. Coaching is, coaching's like, a lot of fun. Huge time commitment. Like, we're kind of getting to the point where it's like, man, St. Mary's is not near downtown Hamilton. Right. Where we live. Right. That is very much far away. Yeah, it's uh, true. And like, really, we live in the East End. Like, the three of us, I live that's with my brother. Up, that's where I grew up yeah. going to St. Mary's every day, bro. Oh, I don't know how you did it, dude. <laughs> Sucked balls. I live like three blocks from your old place, pretty much. Nice, yeah. Because um, I, I, I where, had where? Place. What I'm, I'm right beside, like, you can see the stadium from my house. Okay. Yeah. Like um, on Melrose or something? Shout out Stipley. Oh uh, yeah, baby. Stipley neighborhood. Nice. Uh, it's it's is it Stipley really or Stipley. Stipley. Okay. Been six years. Wow. Holy shit. Yeah. Did, did you get a flag? Life. Did they give you a flag? The the tie cats. You know they. I have two. <laughs> One's actually the curtain in my office. <laughs> nice. Um, but it's it's like just been this wild uh, ride of living, like living downtown. Like mm-hmm. I grew up in Dundas, which sure. is. Like the whitest, most sheltered place within very sheltered three hundred. It's like here. cut off, like geographically. Holy shit! Uh, you know, I didn't know how to ride a bus. Literally, I didn't know right. how to get on a city bus until I grade took ten. Nick, I, I didn't go in grade nine. I took Nicky Jones to were, Jackson Square for the first time in his life oh, in grade eleven. Man, it was such a messed up experience when we were in grade nine. Everyone's like, "Get on the city bus." I was like, "I'll just, I'll just wait for a ride." <laughs> yeah, and they're like, "What? Well, like, again, just get on the bus?" I was like, "I don't know." Even me, like. Because I was, like, from the East End Hamilton, like, going into Dundas. Like, everyone was, like, this kid's from Hamilton as fuck. Ooh. Like, who know, Like I know in grade nine, at least, because I went to the school. Well, I didn't know really anybody. really, what they said, if you were from Hamilton, you're like, ooh, this guy's poor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
That's exactly. that's what Dundas would actually say. Exactly. Unfor- guy, unfortunately, they'll go, ooh, this, are we bringing poor merch? This guy doesn't have a pool. <laughs> <laughs> this guy's above ground? Ooh. Not even, man. It's like a bathtub that they pulled in his backyard. You only have one hot tub? <laughs> oh, man. But when I came in grade nine, like I was like six foot six. And like people thought I was like in grade 12 plus. Yeah, same. Like I came from. Yeah, <laughs> of course. I know. You, I know. You know, you felt this way, too. I look. I look <laughs> shorter sitting down. But like uh, specifically Nick Johns, who I became good friends with, was like, I was scared of you in grade nine. Yes. <laughs> I was scared of you in grade nine. Shout out Nikki J. I know you're not watching. <laughs> anyway. Um, but um my good friend became my good friend was like, I'm scared of you. I was scared of you. I didn't know who you were. And again, I didn't know anyone either. Right. So it's like, um, you know, Dundas the, and, and most man, of St. Mary's was especially by the, the time St. Joe's I got kids there. are the ones who taught me everything I know about how to move around Hamilton. Yeah. Everyone who went to St. Joe's, they were like, right. Yeah. You guys get a school bus. We get the city bus right. to school. Yeah. Well, it was all the St. Joe's kids at least like were, were a lifesaver at Mary's because yeah. so, I think I probably mentioned this on the podcast before, but uh, our high school, St. Mary's, the year before I was there, so two years before Scott got there. Whoa. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'll shut up. It's all right. Our school uh, used to get all the Ancaster kids, Boom. which were like really rich. Talk about being poor. Talk about Ancaster being poor. was really rich. They got to play on the rep teams, go to all the clubs, pay money to get better, like surgeries and all that shit. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, I just Look remember when, when we played Bishop Tonus in uh, in football. After I played for one year, I sucked. Nice. I I got fucked up. Position um, did you play? Yes. Quarterback. Yeah. Uh, no, no, but they. Dangerous. I remember every single team on the every kid on the team had a visor on their helmet, and I'm like, I don't have a helmet that fits. Let alone St. <laughs> Mary still had like playing, the leather helmets. I was playing football with a helmet that you could shake on my head, and my head they is didn't huge. pump it up with the. T- <laughs> I did. It was at max. Man, I went. I had to take all the air out of mine to get my head in it. I was in grade nine. It was like wearing a plastic. (laughs) I only played in grade nine. You're in grade 10. Right. You were hurt the whole year as usual. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. That was the year I think got surgery, right? Yeah. Everyone called Mark soft. Uh, Guy literally had shoulder surgery. Everyone goes faking an injury. (laughs) I'm like, I have like a fucking (laughs) thing on. Like, I'm like, anyway. Oh, and our coach just disrespected us. Our coach was like, had this weird uh, thing that he said where he's like, I have family members that have beat cancer. So like your injuries aren't real. And we're like, what? It's like my labrum's torn. Like it's my sh- arm is in a sling. My, I have the my collarbone is, is in torn pieces. off the bone in my shoulder. And he's like, yeah, did you uh, survive? <laughs> Are you living? <laughs> did you Are survive you mesothelioma like I did? But again, and, no? and this is coming. And this is coming. <laughs> contact you or a loved one has been yeah. <laughs> affected. Um, but this is co- also coming from the you know the wonderful program that is St. Mary's football. <laughs> That when I was in grade nine, Paul Hart single-handedly beat Burbuff and like ran all over them. That was yeah. the only game they won for I think eight years. So and these are the which people. was while it was before the split, right? St. Mary's yes. had not lost a game right. in four years. Well, actually, that's why I came to St. Mary's from all the way in the East End because I didn't want to go to BR. So, funny enough, BR Saint, had a way better yeah. football team. St. Mary's was essentially it's just like that much a better feeder team. school right. for MAC football. Sure. 100%. Everybody went there. 100%. We had coaches from Mac that right. were assistant coaches at Mac were assistant coaches at Mary's. Yeah. And then the school split 
and both teams sucked. Sucked. It just sucked. took it took like a really almost a powerhouse squad, well, hundred percent powerhouse school, and just separated into two mediocre schools. Yeah. And it was just like great. Now now we got like kids from Dundas that are are, you know, halfway I played, in it. They're I hockey played players. Football. Most of them are hockey players. I yeah. weighed hundred and forty pounds. Dude, remember we had that rugby nine. team that we like tried to put together and was like the Dohanics? And Adam. It was like the Dohanics. And <laughs> it was Adam. all of them. Yeah. <laughs> was Warren fucking Taylor and like the young one Brock anyway this this was a family but they begged me to play and all this stuff but it was just like at, we just didn't have enough kids at the there end of the day we were like we came small like, just like that were interested at least man high school football shouldn't be by age it should be by size right break it up into weight divisions because like man I was 140 so pounds right and we played a game at Iverwin and we were getting blown out by Moore. Right. And their subs come on and their subs are your size. And I am our subs. <sighs> Moore was unreal. They did an onside kick up 40. Oh, I no. jumped to try and catch it. Oh, no. And you. Don't leave your feet. <laughs> you went parallel with the ground and speared me. Oh. I st- Whole team just went, oh. I could hear him because I was right beside him. I was on the ground listening and to him. I stand up and just immediately fall back down the other way. And the whole team goes, oh, oh, he's down again. And then I come out. Coach goes, Malin, you going in? And I go, I pick up my helmet and Mike Italiano just grabs my shoulder pads, sits me back down. He goes, coach, he's done for the game. <laughs> Good and then Mike. he's like, you should go see the trainer. Like. And I was like, why, Mike? He's like, well, you just tried to put your helmet on backwards. So <laughs> this, your, when was this? This is when you were in grade nine? Grade nine. Oh, yeah. my God. I didn't play football again right, after right, that. Right. I started yeah. running cross country, which was the smart decision for me. It's better for the head. Uh, and also better for like me as a, as a successful <laughs> athlete in life. That's true. That's true. Uh, laid the groundwork for a lot of stuff. It's, it's yeah. Again, you know what I sad. wish I didn't do now, though, is ran cross country in high school. Because now when I run and I do a race, I got pissed off because how slow I am because of how fast I used to be. Oh, no. Because it turns out that running at 140 pounds and running at 180 pounds is a very different thing. Yeah. I yeah. can imagine. <laughs> it's like, hey, put a 40 pound weight vest put on. Put a 40 pound weight vest a- on and see how your heart does. I also now monitor my heart rate, which and, is crazy to and do. Beers and pre, when you're on a run and you go pre and post, you go, this is my pre easy run. Is that during. supposed to be 185? <laughs> hey, wait a second. Is that the time? Or is <laughs> You get called out by your buddies when you post your run after and they go, Scott, why did you caption that easy run? You're like, what do you mean? They're like, your heart rate was 185 for 35 minutes. And I was like. Yeah, easy. I wasn't even sweating. I was in an ambulance, but I wasn't sweating. Wow, it's 2.30 already? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, man. Is that the time of your heart rate? Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. It, uh... Man, there was a kid on my football oh. team in first year. He actually didn't even technically make it to the team. His heart rate was up over 225 on the football field. And he was like, and they had to like rush him in to university? emergency surgery. Yeah, in oh, first year. Shit. It was like he was he was one of the recruits. Um, it was during training camp and he just was like going to die and they had to like take him to the hospital. Damn. Did you see that thing with, um, he's like top five, you give me a top five NBA lottery pick this year. I uh, played at Florida, just like dropped on a court in the middle of the game. Really? Yeah. No. Uh, heart stopped, was completely gone. Um, got to the hospital, was on like life-saving machine for like three days and then they extubated him and like they think he's going to make a full recovery. Um, 
but like it was it was wild. He walked out of a timeout and literally just collapsed and immediately Okay, yeah. His whole that, team yeah. was like the players just the way he fell to the ground, the they whole knew. team just went, Oh my god, he's bad. he's dead. And well, technically he was. Technically right. he was dead. For a sec. It was like a lead by situation just like right, right there on the court. Yeah. Except, well that's the thing. Except without the the cocaine. <laughs> well that's the thing without the enlarged heart. But uh, yeah, I mean, like, you know, some people can go down, right? Like, you know, unbeknownst to them or like, again, they're on some weird drug or, you know, and all of a sudden their heart just pops. Man, there's crazy stuff that you just like, you don't know about that can happen. Like a blood clot that you don't know. And a blood clot can come from something as simple as like, you've been pushing it way too hard for way too long. And Mm -hmm. well, it happens. There's... Uh, there's a few, I don't know what the percentage is, but a few people have a congenital heart defect where, so when you're in the womb, your heart has like a hole in the, in, in yeah. it so that the blood can travel through your heart. Um, and when, after you're born, the hole is still there and slowly closes just as your heart gets stronger. Some people's holes <laughs> don't close completely. And then you're just leaking. Well, it's, it's, it's leaking, but it's you're not, it's not heat. really affecting the, the, uh, the, so the problem is your, your heart has four chambers and they're not really supposed to mix. But because that hole, it kind of mixes mm. a little bit, so it's not the best thing for you. But again, yeah. it's not it's not the end of the world. But what that what actually that hole unfortunately allows to happen is if there's like a blood clot in somewhere in your body, and it travels to your heart, it could jump over. So if it goes through that that hole, the one chamber goes to your lungs, which is fine, and like it might create like a, a breathing issue. Get a nice. But the other chamber load. goes to your brain. Yeah. Nice little well, pee. It would just be like a very small part of your. You'd rather have lung. a pee than a than an aneurysm. Right. Exactly. You right. want like a pulmonary embolism. <laughs> yeah. Right. You'd rather have a collapsed lung or a blood clot in your lung than a blood clot in your brain because sure. blood clot in the, the brain. End of the you're, day, you're dead. At the end of the day, you're, you're at least stroking you're or you're gonna die. Right. right. So, um, so again, the other chamber goes right to your brain. So you can get if you have a blood clot, can go into this and go up to your brain and cause stroke, cause death, aneurysms, all kinds of all kinds of crazy stuff. But uh, what do you got for us here? The fever journey? Um, Yeah, we're tripping. But um, yeah, so again, like, you know, there's to people that would would seem relatively healthy, you know, athletes, you know, they can go down. And again, some athletes have enlarged hearts and stuff. Oh, yeah. I think I think part of it, too, is like a lot of um, a lot of athletes just put off. Like chest pain and and like arm and leg pain and stuff as, sure. um. This is yeah that's that's the one that's the guy the collapse played on the for court. Florida and uh, was at FSU it was wild was it it wasn't during the tournament was it no no it was, it was like mid season um. And we're just watching uh, a video. Keon- oh my gosh, Keontae yeah. Johnson that's we're watching name, this video yeah. called collapse or the headlines collapse on the court and this guy goes down like yeah. face first, doesn't even put his hands out. Like that's when you know, yeah. when you don't, when you see a person, look at him, peace. Yeah. His, oh, his name's Keontae Johnson. He was like a, he was like a consensus top five pick. Wow. Uh, he was preseason SEC player of the year as a freshman. Oh my goodness. Like guy was set for life. And now they're like, I don't oh. know. If, like similar, like a Chris Bosch thing of like, don't know if he can play basketball again. Right, because of a medical condition. Oh, that was my, like talk my about buddy. a career he cut never short. Play football again after talk that. about a career cut short on. Uh... Wait, who's the guy? My buddy. His name was uh, Courtney. Oh, okay. Anyway, 
Um, yeah, no, but like I think I think a lot of athletes and stuff just put put off any pain in your sure. in your chest, your heart, your arms into like, oh, I've been training hard. I did some push ups yesterday, or whatever. yeah, yeah, yeah or 100%. even just like I went for a run. Like, yeah, sure. my chest and back should hurt. Right. Um, well, even in even in basketball, again, like you're so like you have no padding whatsoever. Like it's a very intimate sport that way. Like you could get hit in the chest hard enough that it stops your heart. Mm-hmm. You can get crazy hits in the head. You can kicked in the face, elbowed in the head. You could get, let's say, we'll, we'll role play. <laughs> okay. okay, we're gonna say it's a tournament. It's called Saucy. Right. Okay. You get hit in the head in the game, taking an elbow to the sure, face. Sure, sure. So, okay. so small have concussion. I, have I been drinking it's, before? So it's Friday night. No, okay. no, you haven't drank before. Not so or it's after. Friday night. Not at all. Uh, okay. we'll, we'll get to that. Okay. So then it's Friday night when the game happens. Okay. Okay. So you get so smoked I have the, in the I face. I have the concussion. Your nose gushing blood. You are spinning. I have full grade concussion. Yes. Okay. Great. Okay. And then someone says, "Want to go and pre-drink before formal tonight." <laughs> And I go, hell yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> and then I get drunk and I puke on some bouncers. <laughs> <laughs> so, Do you play in Saucy on Saturday morning? Uh, no, because you're not allowed on, on school coach, property. Yeah. And you're your games sus- are at the school. <laughs> you're suspended and we're hosting the tournament. Oh. <laughs> so uh, Shout out for, my brother. For uh, Andrew Mallon, because we know you're listening. We're telling this story, sucker. Um, when, uh, when I was, so I was in grade 12. My brother is two years older than me, played yep. with Mark. Yep. And then I also played with Mark. So that's nice. Mark's between the two of us. So he it's played, a Malin sandwich. He played with, with Mark meat. He played with, uh, Mark and Zach. Uh, and then I played with Mark and Zach. Mm-hmm. Um, cause, cause, um, Scott's brother, Andrew and graduated yeah. like after grade 12. Andrew and Zach are the same. Uh, Andrew and Zach they played the all four age. years. And Zach came back for uh, 12 plus. The very next day. Yeah. <laughs> the cat came back. The Zach came back. Um, <laughs> anyway. So. Uh, Saucy. Southern Ontario Shootout Invitational. Worst yeah. name ever. Right. Um, this is a tournament we're hosting at, at in, in Hamilton and St. Mary's. One of the DeVoe Joseph. Right. Oh, yeah. And his younger brother, Corey, are in town. Oh, bro. That, was that the tournament where I went off against Shadrach? Yeah. <laughs> Two years later, but yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, <laughs> Anyway, I was so like then, guarding this guy like I thought it was Kobe, bro. I had my fucking hand in his face and shit. This guy was like the last cut of the junior national team. I thought I was. Yo, he was went. Like, Fuck this he guy. He played at Wichita State. Yeah. Yeah. At Wichita he was State. on the tournament team with Fred. When Wichita State made that crazy NCAA run, this kid was on it. And he, he was like. He didn't play. He, but he was, was on like. It. Hot shit! Everyone was talking about the hoopla was going mad. The hoopla. <laughs> and this guy, this guy same. rolls in and like, I'm like. Fuck this guy! Like he's coming into my into my fucking house. Like I'm gonna show him how it's done. And he played like for Assumption, um, Assumption in Burlington, in Burlington. Yeah. and he fucking scored like two points. And I I don't know how Mark many points I scored. Absolutely but. elbowed him in the face, like <laughs> fucked him up. It Just box obviously hard. an offensive foul. Oh no! And then he he <laughs> he scored the layup how and then stepped over him. Oh yeah, stepped over him on the ground on the way back. <laughs> Like, hey, it's all right. It's called box note. Ask Brendan Doherty. It happens. Um, wow, sorry, we're having some technical difficulties. My lights burning a hole in that thing. Is that thing melted? Okay, I don't know. It's fine. It doesn't like those Apple plugins. I just got some new lights and they're friggin' USB, and I use like the Apple one. And for whatever reason, one one is hot. I don't know if it's the plug itself. It's the one like that's the, on me. 
You know what I'm saying? I think it's the it's the. Uh, I think it's because it's the one that's on me. Yeah, it's it doesn't need to be there. Yeah, because you're just I'm too so bright. Hot. Yeah. Uh, but then, so Andrew takes the bow to the face, goes right. to formal, gets wasted. Right. Right. Uh, gets found under a table by the bouncers. <laughs> gets picked up by the bouncers. Says, I'm not drunk, and tries to punch him in the face, but is so drunk he just lightly caresses his cheek. Uh, and then all of a sudden, I'm getting grabbed by a cop going, are you Scott? No. And I was like, uh, no, I've also been drinking. <laughs> I've been drinking. How uh, drunk are you right now? Six out of ten. And then <laughs> I'm li- I'm literally like, uh, I'm looking like Randy with his shirt off and his hair drawn on. That's how drunk <laughs> I am. Um, and like we, <laughs> he goes and he's like, I need you to come with me. I was like, oh. Could he tell I was drunk? Like, I don't look drunk. And then we go out, and my brother is literally sitting beside the one hot teacher at our school with a garbage bag, just puking like crazy. Oh, and they're like, that your brother? I was like, yes, it is. <laughs> so busted. And I realize I'm now good. And they're like, can you give us the phone number for your parents? I was like, yes, I can. <laughs> just relishing. <laughs> You best. Well, I'm 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 safe. I'm Scott like, I'm, and then he turns. Scott and then after I give him the number, because I'm right up in his face, being like nine oh five. And then he turns to me. He's like, "Have you been drinking tonight?" I was like, "No." You know the no, classic like blow away, blow down. Yeah. You're like, "No." No, have you? Have you been drinking? I think you smell like vodka. I think you smell like I Silent think, Sam. I think you're just smelling your own breath. No, sir. I got Silent Sam. It says it doesn't smell on the lips. <laughs> oh, that's no, amazing. sir. I had turpentine tonight. It's fine. Uh, so then my dad comes, picks him up. Oh, no. And I Mr. Come, Mallon. I'm, go, I'm coming out of the washroom as my dad's there, and he's like waving at me, and I was like, hey, dad, I got to go because I don't want to go over. Someone's calling me. And my dad's laughing. He's like, so dead. Like, the guy's dead, laughing, like, maniacal laughter. Uh-oh. I'm like, this is great. Uh-oh. So I obviously don't go over and say hi, because I'm like, well, I'm drunk. This I'm, is going to be trouble. I'm very drunk. I can't yeah. go talk to my you dad You don't want to get now. caught up in that storm. I'm in grade I'm in grade 10. I can't go there. So I, I go home, and I sleep at my friend's house that night, and it's great. And in the morning, I come home, and I was like, hey, mom. And she's like, did you know he was drinking last night? Oh, no. You know when, you're, when your parents take on that... Uh, that like fake voice to like, hello, Mark. Oh, and yeah. You're like, oh, sh- oh they know. Yeah. They know. What did they know? They're like, did you know whose house was he at? And Uh-oh. I knew whose house he was at. Of course. And I wasn't going to say it. Uh-uh. It's the hells, but <laughs> <laughs> you can say it now. It was the rich people in Dundas. <laughs> That's but, right. Whose parents were not home, but I could not possibly say. It. Right. Like, well, my mom's like, well, I don't want to start calling the other mothers because I'm not crazy like the other mothers. But then you know what happened? One of the other crazy Dundas moms, because crazy Dundas moms do this. Right. Her son came home from formal drunk, and she was like, have you been drinking? So she called every mom. So she had a name. Every mom at St. Mary's got a call. Did you know the boys were drinking last night? Wow. Great. Mm. So that's how it goes, eh? I got a week off school. So he gets suspended. Zero repercussions. He gets suspended. You know, we're playing in this tournament the next day. Can't get popped by 60 the next morning right. by a really good team. Right. Sick. We're supposed to play... At this point, we're playing, um, what's that school from? H.B. Beal. H.B. Beal, right? H.B. Beal. H.B. Beal. These boys, these boys are from London. Yeah, they're London. This is the time they, they used to have these two, two brothers the that were... Was nasty. They had two yeah. brothers that were gunners. They're twins, and they're both like 6'4", super athletic. 
they're both going like one was going to University of Hawaii. Yeah, guys going they to just NCAA. they could they could like they had crazy handles. They could yam and they could pull up from half court. Yeah. And you're just like, okay, cool, we're fucked. Keenan Jesperson was that was that his team? I think it was Keenan Jesperson and Jesper Keenanson. Right, <laughs> to twins. <laughs> they're the twins. Everyone knows them. they're just backwards. Yeah. They're just mirror images of each other. Uh, no, but um, we're supposed <laughs> we're supposed to play this unbelievable squad and. Everybody's hungover. First of all, well, number one, it reeks of liquor. We knew this was going to happen. Changer reeks of liquor. Probably not the first time we've done this, right? Anyway, like got drunk before a game, maybe not. But anyway, we knew it was the next day. We're going to be okay. Whatever. We're in high school. We can bounce back. We bounce back. We can bounce back. Except you didn't factor in when you start running, you start sweating, and when you start sweating, (laughs) you reek of liquor. I never even thought of that till now. That that change room must have fucking ranked. I just so there was fifteen guys on the team. Fifteen guys. Now minus Andrew Mallon, who showed up that morning to tell the coach he got suspended. Yeah. So he had and to the tell the locker our coach. room. My mother said, "All re-, like the whole, she said the whole gym reeked like booze." Oh my god. Anyway, I feel so a bad. A basketball now. gym reeked of booze from it, one team. Our gym sweating has the highest. Our gym has the highest ceiling in Ontario. It's got a ninety-five foot ceiling. It's, it's like crazy. A 90- like you can throw the ball as hard as you can. It's hard to hit the ceiling. Fifteen stories. Same areas. Don't know why they did that, but it's like ridiculously high. So you don't hit the ceiling with your jumpers. Yeah. I have a high arc. Because <laughs> you just, just skybombed well, all day. Do. Yeah. Tall guy shoots high. No, that's right. Yeah. I just shoot straight up. Oh, man, off. mine's a line drive. Just like dead. I've never <laughs> taken a shot that didn't hit the front of the rim. <laughs> Don't worry. More more rebounds for me. Anyway, so friggin' So Andrew Mallon has to go and tell our coach. And obviously our coach immediately is like, all right. He goes, everyone else is drinking. All of them were drinking last so week. He comes in and he goes, all right. Shocking he didn't know already. Well. <laughs> I'm, sh- I'm. The thing is, I'm sure he fucking knew. Probably it's just it now the fact that Andrew got busted. busted. It's a good paper. kid. The only honor roll student on the right. team at the time. Seriously, honor roll. Fifteen players, and one of them has to, an heading to average. Waterloo. Like, yeah, going hard. Like, and um, <clears throat> um, our our coach comes in and he just goes, "All right, who was drinking?" He just asks us all straight up, and we're all just like. Fuck. We all put up our like one guy we probably looked sits around. There we're like, going, who's it gonna be? One guy probably said they're going. I wasn't drinking. Right. Reeks of liquor. Oh, Literally yeah. still sipping a mix. Just still fucking. <laughs> now we're actually, from what I remember, we were all like really honest and like, like I said, there's 15 guys on the team minus Andrew. So there's 14 guys in the change room. Oh, I remember what happened. Ten guys put oh. up their hand. <laughs> So there's five guys that weren't drinking, and it was like one dude did, didn't drink. For no, there was only four guys because Andrew was the fifteenth. So there was only four guys that didn't drink. I no, didn't, no, there's five. That's a lie. There's, there's five. five guys that didn't five drink. Five guys that didn't drink, and, and only one of them was like a starter. Let, not even a starter. I think Faisal was coming off. the Faisal was the only one. Faisal was the only one. Our buddy, and he's, he's like Muslim. the eighth guy. He doesn't drink, and he's like a, and the a good other player, four. The other th- the other four just didn't go to formal. Yeah, and that's, that's the only reason they didn't, they didn't drink. drink. And like, there's slugs at the end of the bench that just showed up and were like great guys, but like they, they played the entire game, got like, bonked by seventy. So like, one, and destroyed. then one guy, one guy goes down with leg cramps because he's never played before. He goes down with du- double leg cramps. <laughs> never Patrick had water Pasqua. before. Patrick Pasqua <laughs> goes down with double leg cramps like this, and now we have four guys who can play. So our coach literally just said, "You get two minutes a quarter." And just like ran people through. As soon as the two minutes were out, you came off for the rest of the game. It was so embarrassing. We and got started at the back of the bench by HB Beal. Like, like these are guys that had never had their name on a score sheet. Yeah. Like 
like just like ooh, there's only twelve slots. We have to choose which twelve actually get their name on the sheet. Yeah, and like some three, guys were basically managers. And three. Finest moments. Oh yeah, but yeah, Those that don't was, happen too much. Now it's all about like this is a big thing with men's league now. Is you gotta keep your team sober before the game, or like hope they didn't come back from the cottage because they're like all summer games. Sunday. Man, right. we had a soccer game, men's league soccer game on Canada Day one year. No. Come on! <sighs> First of all, we had four guys come. We only had eleven show up, which yeah. was what you need. Okay, uh, four of them were not on our team. Where was that? Like Mohawk? It was at Cayuga. Hey Cayuga, sounds like one of those old car no, horns. It was like two years ago. We played. We, like, we played like the men's. Uh, so it's like already a forty-five minute drive on Canada Day to play oh, a bunch man. of farmers in the middle of nowhere at nine sure, o'clock sure, at night. Sure. Um, Go buy the res and get some tobacco though. Uh, I got gas. Get some, so I was get some fucking. What were those? Man, I paid like ninety. Those Don Carbone. No putters. Putters hand rolled. Sell them by the Ziploc bag. The putters. Uh. <laughs> I thought it was the Doan Carbone. You got a stick and a twig and everyone. Um, little but we had to might call be in guys. Might be and even still, of the 11, three showed up and they're like, yeah, I've had like six beers today. Woo. Like, <laughs> We're ready to play. We're like, who scheduled this time, game? Time to kick a ball And it around. happened with like men's league basketball too. Right, it's just right. like guys would be like, yeah, our game is at nine o'clock tonight. Like it's Wednesday. It was warm out. A buddy dropped by. I had three beers in the garage. <laughs> and you're like, the you gym, can't run sober. The, the gym is unair conditioned. <laughs> <You're> just like, <laughs> ooh, I got a oh. cramp. Wonder why? I think yeah. it's the fourteen Miller lights you had on the way over. Just makes makes me wonder. Like when we when G used to get us to play Haba, like those are the guys we were playing against. Yeah, and that's why we would man. win a couple games because we were not drunk. When we were in high school, like our coach would, we there was this. Does Haba still exist? Yeah, it's just Hamilton. That's what we play in, you goof. Ham- no, I know, but now does it still exist? Yeah, we after played. All, after all this we played COVID. It no, I know, I know. But like oh, after I don't COVID, know if Larry like, and I mean, Mots literally are going to run it back. Shout out right. Larry and Motsy. The boys. Um, no, I remember I remember it was like recently alive, but hopefully it still exists. It's called the well, Hamilton Amateur ba- well, Basketball we'll Association. We'll talk about that next. We'll get that going. About what's going on. Disaster. Next next what's time. What's been happening in men's league basketball. <clears throat> but yeah, I, I, so our coach used to get us to play um, in this men's league. And like we'd start up a team and it would be like all the like, you know. Some upcoming kids, like maybe they're even playing junior. We just want to see how they're been. doing. We just sucked. We were literally just, he wanted, he didn't, I feel like he couldn't get guys to play with them. So he's like, I'm just going to play with my boys. So true. Uh, that's good. I would do that too, probably. Yeah, no, I would. <laughs> we were already talking about it this year. We are like, ooh, maybe we cut a couple guys and grab some of our old players. Uh, because our men's league has become ridiculous. It is no longer a men's league. It is a summer league for OUA players that come and back scratch on me. Damn. No. Dude, we got run off the court every game the last year we played. Like, it was a disaster because one team started doing it like four years ago. Right. Um, it was like Vic Razzo had just, oh, finished, right. had yeah, just yeah, yeah. finished school. Just came back from Carlton, won a national so championship. So he invited some of the guys that are like co- that were playing at Mac and like Ottawa playing Carlton. Guys. He's like, come run with our team. So that team won every game by Johnny like 50 Ober- points. Johnny Overvac and shit. They won every game by 50 points that summer. Right. So then the next year, other teams started recruiting like OUA guys to come play with them. So we're one of like three teams of the 10 that is still like men like grown right. men that are washed up 
Right. It's like us. There's the guys that went to Ancaster High. Right. Okay. And then that Croatian team. Classic. Always. And and everybody else. You know, like the thing when a guy's so athletic that when he plays basketball, when he's dribbling up the court, uh, he does that hop step where he floats through the air for like four seconds. Yeah. And you're just like, oh, something bad's about to happen. Oh, no. It's the whole league. I tried to take a car. I tried to take a charge, and a guy put his nuts in my face. Oh no! Because he jumped over me, and I was like, "Oh, oh no!" Take and the, the sad part is, I am easily, easily, without a doubt, the best in shape person on our team. Of course, hands down, oh, like no. hands down, not even close. Right, but that's probably supposed to be like that. Probably tied with Christian for most athletic. There you go. Shit. And that's where we're at. And Christian's Christian's like, sounds like he had a he had a dart between between trips up and down the court sometimes because he's just like, oh, I don't run. Oh no! You're yeah. like, oh yeah, this is different. Yeah, man, it's so it's like <clears throat> basketball is one of those things where you, you end up you're actually running like a lot, right? You're not I, even just like. I I'm an active person. I run. I bike. I swim. I do triathlons. Right. Right. I have learned that the muscles you use for distance sports are not at all the same things you use for soccer or basketball. So true. Because I feel like I am having a massive coronary heart attack (laughs) every single time I step on the basketball court or soccer field. Yeah, that sounds like trouble. Can go throw down a sick 20-minute 5K. Ooh, you have to run 100 meters in... In 15 seconds, I'm like, I'm going to barf. I'm done. I'm barfing. I'm barfing everywhere. (laughs) (laughs) You need to change. Hey, you need to change directions at a 45 degree angle. What do you mean? (laughs) Haven't done that in years. I'm good at going straight. I can bend. I can change slightly. About the the turn of a track. Right. (laughs) It's about what I need to turn around. I'm good at like, you know, like a gentle 45 degree curve and then go straight. And then a little one, and then straight. Yeah. And then, but only left turns. Ooh, yeah. Actually, that's the thing is that I'm not an ambi turner. Uh, I, now, so my regular like running route is all right turns. No way. And my knees kill when I turn right. Bro, what are you doing? Falling apart. Go the my other way. My body's broken. <laughs> no, but it, it's like run against traffic or run sure. with traffic. I'd rather run against it and see cars coming. Right. right. So that's the whole idea behind oh, yeah. it. That's safe. So then if I run the Wait, other like on way, Lawrence? Uh, on Lawrence? Yeah, I actually start like at my house. I go down around the stadium and then up Gage. Right. Run through Gage Park. Okay. And then hit Lawrence. At night, right? Down. Yes. <laughs> Man, did you Exclusively. See they, did you see they set up a, a speed camera on Lawrence and someone fucking kicked it over? <laughs> no way. Yeah, it like lasted three days. I love how they're like you can literally just push it over. Oh yeah, it's not even like it's just like a like a clearly a temporary box that they put there just to try. So obviously someone's gonna be like, <laughs> for sure. Guy but, just goes puts his puts a photocopy of his ass on it, walks like away on the front. Yeah, every time oh. it takes a picture, it's just a you butt. were speeding. No, it's my ass. How can you tell? Well, they did them in Toronto. They're successful. Like it, it's a good program. And they have them in Australia. Like, people just don't speed. Lawrence, on that road, though, is like a drag strip. 
Oh, because there's like nowhere for cops to be. And also to you turn just up onto rip. it, you are at the same angle that uh, NASA launches rockets. <laughs> because for some reason, they put a 42% cliff at the end of every street that feeds onto it. So if you want to turn on, if you're in a standard, you're literally just taking it blind. <laughs> you're sitting at the bottom going, I don't hear anything. Oh, so getting wrecked. Like this street, literally there's like, what, like six cross streets? Like Oh, the whole way at down. At least, yeah. like Edgemont, London, all those streets. They come up to this Lawrence Street we're talking about. Like, you know, you're going like up, up like kind of towards the escarpment. But for whatever reason, they... The whole Lawrence, street has been flat. Yeah, and the it's like it's, it's it's a gentle incline, and but right <coughs> before you get to the street, it literally goes up almost like forty five degree. So when you're coming off the street, you're literally like trying to look, and you launch. But your car is also rolling and back, you, and then when you hit the gas pedal, it doesn't yeah. go anywhere because your tires tires are spinning. <laughs> you <laughs> bottom out if you're in a sedan or oh, yeah. smaller. Because that's how fucking some of the streets, especially, are that fuck. They're like it's a it's angle. Yeah, it's a T. And like when you're coming off Lawrence and you're going 60 and then you're like coming into a turn and you literally just go like, like I'm surprised <laughs> people don't like roll their cars. Probably do. Probably have in the S- past. Speaking but. of rolling cars, huge F1 guy as of the last week when I okay. started watching the F1 show. Okay. Uh, <laughs> watch, watch Drive to Survive on Netflix. Okay. Literally started it last Wednesday. Finished it on uh, Monday this week gonna have all my new gear coming in for the monaco grand prix oh you're week. ready yeah i'm ready you're gonna go to monaco and i'm gonna try the toronto one first no that's indycar i want f1 oh only. you want f1 f1 only let's go yeah i'm you're lavish the show is the... as much about car racing as it is about sunglasses those things rip it's mostly about sunglasses man if you watch the show i highly recommend it because it's very okay. entertaining okay is it, it like is about sun- it's about sunglasses no it's about sunglasses it's just like these cars are sick these guys were six shades. Right. All of them because how rich and cool they are. Like, they're probably a four. Right. Minimum seven, though. There you go. And I'm just like, damn. Daniel Ricardo, my boy. Okay. I'm all in. Wow. Interesting. I've never... See, I've never really ever gotten to the world of, like, racing. Cars. Neither had I at all. Interesting. I had never watched racing my entire life. Still haven't. What? What is Here's it? the thing. What I'm a huge F1 guy. Never watched race <laughs> to this day. What's so... Like, other than the show, like, what is it that's captivating? Uh, the money, yeah, yeah. Literally, it's the lifestyle. They it's just so make cool. Bank. Well, they also just uh, yeah, just like like Lewis Hamilton is like the best, and he is um, he's the highest paid athlete, salary only on planet Earth. He makes fifty five million a year, just salary, Jesus, not no counting his endorsements or anything. Um, fifty five million. Yeah, so like the average salary is probably like ten million a year, right? Um, like the top guys make like twenty plus, and like the bottom guys make like a million. Great. Um, but the cars themselves are like $150 million cars. Right. They're like jets. And they go so fast. Like they take a hairpin corner at like 160. Can? Yeah. Jeez. But like legit a 180 turn and they're going, they're slowing down to 160 and they smoke out of it. Right. And like, it's, it's really cool. I've gotten into bike racing in the past year too. Like, sure bicycles cool um and the strategy behind like these europeans get sports it's really cool uh it's like i I was talking this about another buddy the other day is that north american sports is very much a championship or bust if you don't win a championship no one gives a shit about you they don't care that is the only goal is to win championships yeah yeah the nice thing about european sports it's like you love your team 
and you just like because there's like no salary caps and stuff like that you mm-hmm. just go yeah fifth place is a dream sure sure like the EPL not getting relegated people shocking and beers we got 17th right. yeah for we sure we made it yeah yeah uh, and then F1, same thing for like the mid table, the midfield teams, as they're called midfield, right. uh, like a fifth place finish. They're through the roof. Wow. Because the yeah. top teams are just. And this appreciation, too, for the sport, I yeah. think, like you said. And yeah, I, I feel like, again, we don't we don't see that as much in North America. And it's more Here it's, it's all about money. I, I think that's why I like did you see like Super League uh, mm-hmm. fell through with like the. Biggest teams in soccer in Europe tried to make their own league to say, screw you to UEFA, we're the money makers. Right, right. Um, and it, it was driven by the mainly like American owners of of English and Italian sure. and Spanish teams. Because there's lots now, right? Because all they care, because the, the idea of, wait, I cannot be in the best league every year? Why? I want to be in Champions League. Why can't I just be in? I'm the best. And right. they're like, no, no, you have to earn it. And they're like, no, no, no. And then they're like, oh, you can also go down into this crappy league like you can get relegated sure, they're like sure. no no i don't like that i want to be in the best league all the time and i want to play in that league and you want to give me a spot and we're gonna make all the money but there's something and it doesn't work though but there's something to like for some of those like lower tier teams or whatever like that they get to play against these crazy good teams and then that's a big event and that's always those, been the case those like save some teams financially in a year Sure. Like one game, right? like especially in Champions League, like if you get lucky and you get like, you're going to get rocked. But say you won the Turkish League or right. the Danish League. Okay. So you're in Champions League. Right. And you suck. You have no chance of winning any games. But you get one home match against Manchester United, against Juventus. Right. And whoever else. Like it doesn't yeah. matter. Right. Those are sellouts that you can charge quadruple ticket prices for. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Every and like there will be parties in town, like everything for the whole week leading up to the game. Right, right. Just to see you get pumped six nothing right. by this great team, and they're they're through the roof. They get sure. scored on. They're like, we got scored on by United. <laughs> Everyone's cheering. We only lost well, by seven. I don't know if Elton John still owns, but he owned a soccer team in England somewhere too. And it's just like they weren't gonna win anything, yeah. but just like right? the fact Reynolds that Elton just John bought, owned a thing, just bought part of a team. Well, I was gonna say that's like Wrexham. a lot of these American. There's a lot more American yeah. owners now. Right? It was Ryan Reynolds and someone else, another celebrity, bought part of uh, Wrexham, Wrexham FC or Wrexham United wow. or something like that. Was that like one of those where it was like? It was gonna fold and stuff, and and they probably heard about essentially it like, like a lot of a lot of like the lower uh, tier teams are like folding because they're only because they don't have TV deals that make a lot of money. So their only thing was they had a shitty small stadium of like right. only holds six thousand people, but they sold out thirty eight games a year. Wow, yeah, and that's and that's how we stay afloat, right? Right, and we have a good youth academy and we sell those players to the next league up for some mm. money and this is how we run and without yeah. that it's you have no money but that's this whole grass grassroots thing too right it's like i feel the more and more even the way we're like specializing more and more here in, in north america like i think we're getting away like even even i, I was going to say this earlier like yeah, maybe you and i didn't want to go and play basketball like it at the next level but like how, that should not discourage us from like still playing the sport, right? And it's exactly. sad. It's sad that now it's discouraging. Yeah. The other thing I hate is the uh, like you can only play one sport. 
No, play no. every sport. Look at right. all these guys that have made his pro athletes. Like Russell Wilson had was an NFL quarterback and had a shortstop contract in the yeah. major leagues. 100%. They just had Kyler Murray, same thing. Had to choose between being the number one draft pick in baseball and the number one draft pick in football. Yeah, my buddy, my buddy why I played do you with ha- that. Why do you Western. have to choose? His brother, he went to Rice and he could have went, he went to the, played for the Seahawks when they won. And then Luke Wilson, Luke Wilson. And then he, he could have went to the, like the, I think the Blue Jays were offering him something yeah. as a first baseman or something. But well, uh, the other one is like um, Austin Hooper, like the, okay. the tight end. Tony Gonzalez played. Uh, Bo Jackson, obviously. Yeah. Like you can go back. Like these guys and were it's more. It's more common. Like even Gretzky was like, when I was done playing hockey, I played baseball in the summer. I played this and that. Like it wasn't just like. This is only what you're going to do. Tight end for the Colts this year, Mo Ali Cox, mm-hmm. was it's had great, great never name. played football ever and played four years as center, yeah. as like a 6'6 center at VCU, Holy as a shit. rim running center. They, uh, he was on the team that beat Duke, RIP. Um, <laughs> and go Dukies. Yeah, um, Dukie. And he's now an NFL tight end. Dukie V. Because they just go, this guy is. Huge, sure. right? Insanely athletic. Yeah. Well, who's that guy who played for the Saints? That one tight end. He used to play. He went to like University of Arizona for basketball, and then went to the Saints to play football. Jimmy Graham. Yeah. 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 Pro Bowl tight end. And he didn't play university football. And he's Crazy. fucking. Here yeah. we are. Right. Yeah. I. I could. You know what? I always think <clears throat> about this. It's like, what sport was my untapped potential in? Right. Could I have? Has anyone ever told you like anything that makes you think? I had a doctor (laughs) tell me I should have played baseball because my shoulders are like really loose. Maybe, maybe I've never played baseball in my life. I I can't can't even say. I have pretty bad, uh, like, uh, hand-eye coordination with like stick and racket sport. Right. I never did. I'm good with the hands and the feet. Sure. But as soon as you have to make me control something, (laughs) it's trouble. It goes downhill. Yeah, I yeah, hit I a lot. I blow racket. my shoulder out a lot golfing when I miss the ball entirely. Oh, okay. yeah, it happens quite regularly. You should listen to my last podcast on golf. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a big fan of uh, of missing the ball three times, picking it up, throwing it underhand, and going, Ooh. "Oh yeah, look at that, that's clean." Golf, Arr. golf to me is an excuse to drink outside for four hours yeah. and uh, not be called an alcoholic. I think, I, I think, I can't remember who. I think it was like uh, Tolkien or someone said. Uh, Mark go- Twain. Golf, Mark Twain. Gu- golf is a good walk spoiled. Yeah, it's a yeah. great way to spoil a good walk. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, which is which is hilarious because like you can get you get so you can get so frustrated with it, and it's just one of those games where. The smallest little adjustments make the biggest different difference. And like growing up in certain sports where, you know, there's more than one ways to get the ball into the basket. Like, you know, it doesn't really matter so much. It's a little bit easier. But like, again, any sport, like yes. I, I mentioned this in the podcast, a sport is basically you're taking a really simple um, a simple action and making it hard. Yeah. So basketball, all you have to do is put this basket in this rim. Yeah. That's it. That's all you have to do. Hey, guess what? The rim is twice the size of the ball, too. Awesome. But guess what? We're going to put the ball 10 feet in the air. Ooh. We're going to put four other guys on your team and five other guys on the other team. And they and don't they're gonna, want you to put, right? So, but, the, but all you have to do is put the ball in the basket. Same with golf. All you have to do is just put this ball in the hole. And I think Robin Ooh, Williams By the way, thing. it's 400. But we're going to put the hole way <laughs> away. 
and like and then there's gonna be grass and then there's gonna be trees. We're gonna, gonna be, put a pond. We're gonna put a pond right in front of the sand, hole. Right. So and then also now you have to hit it with this stick with a little head on the end that's only about twice the size mm-hmm. of the ball. Right, like, and it so does not go straight. It's just, it's like, it's sadi- it's all, it's like borderline sadistic in yeah. like how difficult it truly is. Yeah, I was thinking about like what would happen if I had just focused on one sport my entire life. Like, if running was like probably like if I wanted like if I had to say like what was probably my best, it would probably be like straight up like running, like distance yeah. running. Sure. And if I had gone all in and just trained seven days a week around running on a track faster. Sure. What was my what would be my peak? Right. Well, I think could I have ever ran a four minute mile? I think if they're going to treat the human body like a, a athletic machine, <clears throat> this specialization is the best way to get a, a, a superior athlete. But you have to be so lucky that you also love the sport. You also got to be born with it. Like if your VO2 max peak is a certain level. Yeah. I'm sorry, it's only getting so high. Some people have more fast twitch fiber than not. Some people have slow twitch. Like some people are physiologically made for certain sports. There's no doubt. There's a Canadian cyclist, Mike Woods, who is mm. the only person on earth who has ever ran a sub four minute mile and finished the Tour de France. He started professional cycling at like 29, and now he's 32. He's on a world tour team. He's won stages in like the Vuelta, which is one of the three giant like Grand Tours. Wow! Um, and he was a Canadian Olympian in track and field. Amazing! In the mile, right? Would run a mile in under yeah. four minutes. One yeah. of the handful of people on earth that can do that consistently, right? That's amazing. And then he's like, "Oh yeah, so I like started biking and just like I have this insane VO two max and aerobic good. capacity that I'm uh, now a world class cyclist that can win races." Yeah. Sure. Most well, most professional cyclists never win any race. Yeah. Because it's insane. It's 200 people. You ride 200 kilometers and you have to be the first one across the finish line. That is amazing, man. Yeah. Again, you know, some some athletes are just general all around athletes. And then some people are, are really meant to play the sport that they play. And some like I've 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 played with guys, certain sports like they can't do they can't do anything else if they really wanted. Like, you know what I mean? They're just not. um they're they're so specialized to that one sport or again they're just physiologically built and but again like going back to being so specialized like if i grew up only playing one sport number one i'd be i'd feel limited because i know some of my some of my skill is because of other sports but um i feel like i would have got tired of it like it's just been like especially as a kid that's all you do Every day, all year. Those who can't do, teach. Those <laughs> who can't, can't teach, teach, Jim. Just joshing. <laughs> Unreal. Um, but yeah, that's the thing, right? Yeah. It's just like, you know, you can um, spread these spread these kids out, let them play different sports. They may, And that's probably the best way because then they might find out what they like the best. Yeah, but, and then let them choose. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. The children will lead the way. They're the only one who can see I'm naked. That's right. Emperor's new clothes. Everyone yes, knows exactly. That wasn't a weird thing. That's exactly what I was thinking. Yeah. <laughs> well, what a perfect place to end the podcast. There we go. <laughs> Time to get naked. Oh, uh, that's it, folks. Hey, I wish we could talk more, but we'll do this again soon. Um, we only have so much time on the old uh, on the old camera here. But um, can I shamelessly plug? Yeah, please. I was just gonna say anything you want to shout out. Uh, yeah, shout out. T at on on Instagram at TS Social Curation every Friday 
drop a fire playlist on Spotify. It's called That Friday Feeling. Mondays, we drop the five new songs you need to hear that week. It's called Central Tracks. That's it's awesome. At TS Social Curation on Instagram. Follow us on Spotify. Uh, and yeah, new Check playlist it dropping. Uh, it'll come out Friday this week. Yes, awesome. That's great. And next week and the week after? Every Friday. Woo! Unreal. Woo! Unreal. Check it out. Uh, thanks for watching, everybody. And, you know, if you like what you hear, remember, rate the podcast. Support us at the, on our Patreon, patreon.com slash TheBigBarkPod. We'll get into everything next time. Great to see you, brother. We'll Good see you see soon. You too. Thanks for having me. All right. Me. Peace. <laughs>